0: Welcome to Feeding to Sleep, the podcast about everything from breastfeeding to sleep. My name is Jess, your host, and we're going to start today's episode. So, I created Feeding to Sleep recently, but it's something that I've been kind of thinking about for a little while. I'd been doing some research about different topics after I'd given birth. I became a little bit obsessed with finding out information, and also I had a lot of challenges with breastfeeding. So, I spent a lot of time up in the middle of the night, googling, you know, what was normal, what wasn't normal, and the same for when it came with um, came to baby sleep. So I just thought that, um, yeah, starting this podcast and my Instagram would give me a place to share what I've learned and also to help people and share some of my story with you. Now I will be sharing more than just my story on this podcast. I will be getting in some guests at some point to do some interviews, but this is just the beginning, and I just wanted to get this started because I've been trying to do this podcast for so long and everything keeps getting in the way and I keep second-guessing myself. So we're just going to do it. We're going to jump in and start with my pregnancy um, and I'm going to tell you all about how that went. I do want to start the episode off with a disclaimer though and let you know that this isn't a positive birth story. Um, it's I've got a lot of issues and a lot of stress throughout my pregnancy that I will be discussing. So if you're not in a place where you can, you know, listen to that kind of thing, then definitely probably don't listen to this episode. But if, you know, you're curious about what could happen if you were to enter the medical system um, for your birth, then definitely keep listening because that's, yeah, where I had my birth happen. (laughs) So we'll start out by talking about um, before I found out I was pregnant. So we just kind of decided that we would, you know, try but not try and... I had just finished school, so I didn't think it was going to happen that quickly. Um, but yeah, it happened pretty quick, and um, we all thought we had COVID. So I found out I was pregnant at the end of, not the end of COVID, but it was sort of like another outbreak had started again. Um, it was July, around July 28, 21, and, um, yeah, we had thought we had COVID, so we went and we sat in those really long lineups. They had just had to reopen some of the testing stations, I think. And, yeah, we went and sat in a couple for, like, six hours. And I remember it being a terrible experience because I felt so sick. I didn't know why. <laughs> I remember just being like, what is going on? And, um, yeah, I had to throw up a few times when I was, like, in the line and everything. And it was just – it was not a fun experience. But, yeah, so – I think, oh, how long in between that was that? I can't even remember, but I do remember going home or at home at some point thinking to myself, oh, my period's a bit late, like I should probably look into that. So I did a test because, you know, I would just been sick and then my period was late and I was pregnant, um, which I was pretty excited about. I was also absolutely terrified because I guess this is just sort of an like a I'll give you a picture of the kind of person that I am. So I was diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder when I was about 24, 25. And growing up and throughout my entire life, I have had extreme anxiety. Um, And yeah, I just was not sure about having kids. I did want them when I was younger. And then I grew up and decided, no way, not happening. I do not want to screw up kids the way that I was screwed up. (laughs) I had a lot of childhood trauma. Um, but then part of me always just kept thinking to myself, like, you know, I can't not do something just because of all the things that happened to me in the past. Like, obviously I am learning and growing and changing and I'm not willing to do what had happened to me, to my child. So yeah, or at least I wanted to try and give my child a better childhood than I had. So Yeah, I found a partner who I finally felt like I could do this with and, you know, we decided to do it and it's been great. But the pregnancy was, yeah, it was rough. Um, I had a lot of sickness and yeah, I'll go into that a bit more um, further along in the episode because I am kind of redoing this bit. So I have to remember what I've already told you guys. Um, this portion of the episode didn't work out very well, so I had to kind of redo it. Um, After I found out I was pregnant, I went to the GP and obviously did what I thought I was supposed to do. Um, I didn't know any different than, you know, you just go into the doctors and then you get put into the hospital system and then that's just how it works um, with being pregnant. I didn't know there was any other options. I kind of knew a little bit about people having... You know their babies at home, but I didn't really think that was a thing um that I could do and so, as much as I was absolutely terrified of giving birth and giving birth in the hospital, um I did it anyways, and yeah, growing up, like I had always heard a lot of horror stories about birth, so I was terrified of the actual like idea of the fact that I would have to give birth to this baby at some point um and I didn't realize that by following the path that I had fallen, I f- chosen, followed, fallen, fallen, chosen that I would probably end up getting the experience that I didn't want. Um, but yeah, so I went to the GP, got the blood test, um, confirmed I was definitely pregnant, went and did the first scan, definitely pregnant. And then um, after that, you know, you go in eventually for the twelve week scan. I oh yeah, I'd been given like paperwork for the specialist. And they said, you know, because of COVID, it's going to be like ages before you get to see anybody in regards to your pregnancy. So just kind of, you know, go to the scan and then you'll hear from someone at some point. So yeah, we went to the 12-week scan, which is like the first trimester screening. And that's where they do like all the tests for like chromosome issues. And um, yeah, they do a scan and check like fluid and all that kind of stuff around the baby's neck. And yeah, I thought everything went really great. Um, It didn't. I got a call uh, later on about it, but I'll tell you that in a few minutes. Um, But yeah, like getting into the hospital system, I have always been the kind of person who really struggles with authority and like people pleasing and, you know, being good. So I just did what I was told and jumped into the system and... Yeah, I'll let you know how that unfolds in the next uh, few minutes of the episode. So I got a call like really, really early in the morning. I was just about to walk into work. I was at my car and um, the doctor calls me and it was a bit hard to understand on the phone, but he basically said to me, Um, We just want to talk to you about your baby and your tests that came back and things don't look like all that great. Um, You've come back with some pretty high markers for like some chromosome issues. And we are a bit worried about this low pap A hormone that you have. Um, And they said a few other things like, you know, that they were going to get me into the specialist a lot sooner because they wanted to do some more tests and things if I was okay with that. Um, And they, yeah, basically stressed me out so bad. Like I was on my way to work and all I could hear basically was that there was something wrong with your baby. And like me and my partner had talked about it. And if there was a chromosome issue that was not like life threatening or some kind of an issue, like it wouldn't really make a difference to us. Like, yeah, okay, it'd be nice to know beforehand, but we wouldn't like terminate the pregnancy or anything like that so I didn't opt for any of the invasive tests because there was more risks than benefits and I figured if if that's our stance on it then what's the point in going further with more riskier tests so there was another test that we could do which is called like the harmony test there's a few other names for it or NIPT testing Um, it's non-invasive prenatal testing and it's a blood tests that they can do that's a lot more accurate than the first trimester screening and it will let you know about the chromosome issues and also you can find out like the gender and that kind of stuff so i didn't want to do that at first because it was expensive and i was like well what's really the point like if we don't really if it's not really important to us then why should i worry about it now i'll come back to that eventually because it did become slightly important sort of but i don't i still don't know um so yeah so we did get that call got bumped into the specialist a lot sooner and that's when they started doing a lot more like blood tests and scans um i yeah declined at amniocesis thesis, t- 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 however you say it where you go and they like put a needle into your um like belly and get fluid and then they like amniotic fluid sorry and then they, um, yeah, do tests and find out things that way. That's, like, a lot more accurate. But, yeah, so I had a low pap A hormone, which basically set the tone for my entire pregnancy. Um, they were worried that the baby could be small, that there could be some issues. Um, they were worried that it could come early. They were worried that my placenta wouldn't work. And at first, I didn't really explain a lot of these worries to me. So I didn't really understand what it was. Um, and I didn't feel like any issues like I had a rough pregnancy um I'll talk about that in a second but yeah so they're pretty wishy-washy with things like one minute I'd go in and they say they would say things are fine and the next I'd go in and they'd be like oh we're not really sure we'll run some more tests and we'll send you for some more scans and stuff so yeah it was very very stressful they did a lot more scans I had like some um like Doppler scans where they would just check the cord flow and there's was, there was apparently like a little bit of resistance but now like looking back, knowing what I know now, a lot of that stuff's like, I don't know how accurate it was and whether or not it was picking up on my stress as well. Um, and then one minute they'd like say, okay, yeah, there's this resistance. And then the next time they'd say there wasn't. And it was just very confusing. So, yeah, the low PAP A really set the tone for my pregnancy. It, it caused a lot of stress. It was very unnecessary reading that I wish I'd never, never had because I didn't feel like there was anything wrong. I mean, I was really sick, so my pregnancy was rough. I had extreme nausea, vomiting um, I was extremely tired, I was sore i couldn't really walk i was I had extreme pelvic pain, um, heartburn. I think I had headaches here and there, but i'm I'm prone to migraines anyway, so it wasn't anything new that for me but at the time, I was trying to start a business and Also, I decided, oh, I might as well pick up another job. I'm pregnant, trying to start a business, end of COVID, and I picked up another job. I don't know what I was thinking. But yeah, I remember going into work. I worked at a bank, and I was so sick. I'd spend the entire day just trying not to puke, and I could barely eat. So it was just this never-ending cycle, and it was horrible. Um, And then same thing with starting my business. I was trying to get clients in, and I kept having to cancel, and then I'd be trying to do their you know, their brows and because I was starting a brow studio and I was also doing makeup and yeah, I was trying to do their brows and I was just feeling horrible. (laughs) Like it was so bad. I would get, if anyone mentioned the word ginger to me, I wanted to punch them in the face. Ginger did not work (laughs) at all. In throwing up ginger is the worst feeling of your life. Like it burns when you have heartburn and all the things. Oh my God, I do not want to be puking up ginger so (laughs) anyways um, yeah it was a rough time that I had and I, I just did not have a good go of it and then they added all that stress on top of it so looking back I wonder if maybe if I wasn't as stressed out and I didn't push myself as hard if I maybe would have had a little bit of an easier time but who knows I probably still would have been quite sick and near the end of the pregnancy like the nausea did calm down probably around like 22-ish weeks I think it was but the um yeah the pain that I had after that and then the heartburn that was yeah not fun like and I couldn't sleep um but I had really bad hip pain and like pelvic pain so walking was interesting and (laughs) trying to get around was fun but I did enjoy being pregnant near the end like it was fun you know having this life inside of me that I was growing and be able to feel it move and like I was a bit sad once I wasn't pregnant anymore I, th- I think all of us or, or most of us kind of missed the bump I didn't miss everything that went along with the bump and the baby being there I just missed that part of it so yeah so my pregnancy was a bit of a stressful ride um and I really really struggled with the lack of continuity of care so in Australia if you're in the public system you just get whoever you get at your appointment you can try and like schedule in with people like try and keep it sort of con like um what's the word I can't think of the word right now consistent sorry keep it consistent. But it still just depends on what days they're scheduled for. Like, I had this really amazing midwife, midwife, the very first appointment that I ever had. And she was a rock star. She was so nice, asked so many questions, was so caring. And then every single doctor I had after that, I did not like. <laughs> they were terrible. I remember the midwife saying to me, like, oh, yeah. Like, so I asked her, I'm like, am I going to see the same people, you know, that I see here at the hospital? How's that all work? She's like, oh, yeah, so you probably won't see many of the same people like there's no like um continuity of care that kind of thing if you want that you can like get a student midwife or try and get a doula or something and I didn't understand that I did get a student midwife and she was pretty good um, she missed a few appointments cause she was quite busy, which is understandable, but there was a few times where I kind of wished that she had been there with me. So that was a bit annoying, um, but not her fault. Like she had a big caseload, so <laughs> I don't blame her. I just wish that I had that support because being COVID, I couldn't have my partner with me. Um, so having that extra person there, just that I had, that I knew a bit better cause she had come to a few more appointments and it would have just been nice, but yes, anyways, so. Yeah, I remember when she told me that, I actually cried. Like, I went home, and on the way home, I was crying because I was like, I can't do this. Like, I can't, I can't give birth and not know who I'm going to be seeing, like, having just all these random people. And that's kind of what happens, like, when you do the hospital birthing. Like, you don't know what you're going to get. You don't know who's going to be there. Like, your birth space is already interrupted before you even start because you don't know these people. And it's just, yeah, and I don't do well with new people. And it was just very scary so (laughs) yeah that was not a fun part of the pregnancy and um at my last appointment with the doctors they basically decided that an induction would be the best route to go down for my birth um and I didn't I really didn't want to have a c-section so my biggest fear was that 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 that's what they were going to suggest at first when I went in for that appointment um and there's nothing wrong with people who have c-sections it's just for me I don't think I could mentally handle the um you know having to recover from major surgery and take care of a baby some people like they make it look so easy but I just I don't think I could be that person so I was absolutely terrified going into that last appointment that they would suggest scheduling a c-section because of them being so worried um but then they just uh suggested an induction and yeah I didn't really love that idea as well I was very Um, nervous about it. I didn't know much about it. And I wish I had done more research before um, accepting the induction. Because looking back, I wouldn't have done it. (laughs) I would not do that again, ever, ever, ever. Um, They basically said to me that I had to do it. Because if I did not do it, my placenta wouldn't survive birth and my baby could possibly pass away. So yeah, that's basically how they presented it to me. And I thought, well, if I do it, at least I did something. And if I didn't do it and something bad happened it would be all my fault so I did it and um yeah I'll go into that in my birth story and give you more information about how that all went but I'll let you know in advance it wasn't the greatest experience so yeah um I hope that by sharing this with you you get a bit of information about what it's like in the public system in Australia it's not like this for everybody but this was just my experience and I really struggled with like standing up for myself and my appointments and like asking for more information I'd leave I'd go in with a question and I'd leave with the same question but like 10 more and feeling horrible because they would like not help me with what I needed help with so yeah it was it was a bit intense and I just sort of like I think I just kind of let it happen because I didn't know what to do and it was the pandemic and this is just what I thought I was supposed to do so I just did it. Um, I just want to touch on the fact that I feel like this, the way that things went in my pregnancy isn't uncommon in the hospital setting. Like I feel like, unless you're like considered extremely 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 low risk they try and find something that's wrong so that they have a reason to bring you back in for heaps of appointments and to like send you off for all these scans and i don't know this is just my opinion i could be wrong but that's just how i felt like i felt like they were trying to look for something trying to make something wrong and i i don't know i don't think there was actually ever really anything all that wrong like they were worried that my baby was measuring slightly small in the scans but again now that I've done research, that's not very accurate. A lot of the scans cannot, especially as you're progressing further along in pregnancy, a lot of the scans become a lot less accurate in size. And also I'm a small person. So me having a baby that measured kind of small wasn't um, like it was just, it just was normal probably for me. Like that wasn't anything unusual. So yeah, like it's, I feel like they yeah they look for things that are like that could be wrong that aren't actually wrong and like this low pap a i know i did do a little bit of like diving into a couple of facebook groups and like some people did have like it can cause growth restrictions sometimes and things like that but for me i didn't have any like any indication that that could be what was actually going on. They just had a slight worry about how small the baby was. And then there was this weird like cord flow resistance here and there when they would do the Doppler um, scans. But I went for so many ultrasounds and scans. And looking back, I really wish I didn't do that. But again, you know, it's it's something that Yeah, I did during pregnancy because I thought that's what I was supposed to do. Like, I thought that if I went and did all these scans and if I did what I was told and if I listened to them, then everything would be fine and I would stop having distress and it would be great. But that was not the case. I it was not fine. I still had distress and they worked. They were. Yeah, they worked really hard to keep me very stressed, (laughs) whether they meant to or not. It was. Yeah. And I did make it very clear to them, like that I have anxiety and that I have you know, this and that. And they, they still weren't very, like, weren't very respectful of that. Um, Yeah. Now, something I forgot to mention in the episode was the um, NIPT or Harmony test. It does go by a few other names as well. So that is a test that you can do that kind of, it's similar to the first trimester screening in that it Um, tests for like chromosome issues and you can also um, or abnormalities and you can also test for um, gender and that kind of stuff Um, I wasn't going to do the test at first because I didn't think it was really necessary but then because of the stress they were putting me under with the low pap a and um, they made it sound like because of the like the way that the first trimester screening came up for me like the algorithm for that I was looking into it it's it's a little bit weird and very inaccurate or it can throw out false positives um, especially if you're a bit older and you have history of like certain things so yeah I wasn't going to do that test and then after I think I was about 18 weeks in and I was sick of being considered high risk so I went and did the test to see if that would bump me out of being high risk and Um, It came back, and the results were completely different. I was at a low risk now, finally, for chromosome issues, whereas the first trimester screening said I was at a high risk. Um, But I still had that low pape. So that followed me around and still kind of kept me in this weird, like, high-risk limbo. Um, It was a bit confusing. And again, it was one minute they thought I was – you know, they'd tell me things were fine, and then the next minute they tell me that there was something going on. So... It was really stressful and very confusing. Um, It was kind of nice to get that extra confirmation about like the gender. But again, it's not something I really cared all that much about. (laughs) Um, I just did the test mainly for the peace of mind of trying to get out of being considered high risk because I was sick of it. Um, But it, it didn't really work. So yeah, thank you for joining me today and listening to my story. I will be back with the rest of my story. I'll go into my birth and a few other things and some more episodes. I'm really excited to start this podcast and it is in its infancy. So. Please, if there's any comments or questions that you have for me, send them off to my Instagram. It's at feeding to sleep. And I do also have a new workbook um, for you. It is free. It is the feeding to sleep workbook where you can plan out your goals. And um, there's some conversation starters and places for support and things like that to help you get started and have a successful breastfeeding journey. So yeah, if you have any questions, hit me up on feeding to sleep on Instagram, and that's where you can also find the link to download the uh, free workbook and I'll also put that in the show notes. I think I can add that in there as well. So yeah, it was really great to um, do this episode and I will be back again soon.